What scares you the most? Is it someone breaking into your house? Or simply the sight of blood? This is Eerie, a new limited series podcast from Brock Media. I'm Anna Bogutskaya, the series producer and host, and throughout these eight episodes, my intention is to creep you out. Every episode, a different writer will tell a brand new story, something strange, unusual, and occasionally grotesque, written especially for this podcast, and designed to scare someone, maybe you, out of their mind. In this episode, author Alison Rumford writes and performs Leech Dog, a confession about an image half-remembered. Now, please be warned... This story contains references to self-harm and violence against animals. So listen in and find out what exactly is Leech Dog. This whole thing started when I realized that nobody other than me seemed to remember Leech Dog. It came up randomly in a therapy session. I wasn't really thinking much when I mentioned it, I was just using it as a shorthand to describe what sorts of things my teenage self was up to. In talking about my adolescence, I said something along the lines of, by that time I was looking at all this messed up stuff online, stuff like Leech Dog. My analyst asked me what that meant. I said, you know, Leech Dog, the creepy internet meme, the dog with its face replaced by a gaping maw with innumerable teeth. If somebody sent him to you, then you had to cut yourself three deep gashes down the outside of your right-hand thigh. If you didn't, then he'd get you. He didn't know what I was talking about, but he zeroed in on my mention of self-harm and Leech Dog didn't come up again for the rest of the session. He was older than me. It wasn't surprising that he wasn't aware of it. But then I brought it up again with my girlfriend. She hadn't heard of it either. I mentioned it to friends only to be met with blank looks and shrugs. Nobody remembered it. I felt like I was going crazy. When I was a kid, me and this other boy, James, used to spend hours reading up the lore people posted about it. We sent it to each other, back and forth. We were both depressed, both kind of loners. We probably didn't need the meme to prompt us to cut. I'm not sure we were good for each other, even if our parents thought our connection was positive. They didn't know what we got up to. I wasn't still in contact with James. If I were, then I'd have just shot him a message about it. As it was, I just started googling. People might forget things, but the internet never does. I was so sure that I'd find it straight away, but no. None of the creepypasta wikis made any reference to it. Searching leech dog just comes up with people asking for advice on what to do if they found a leech stuck to their family pooch after it had made an ill-advised dive into the scummy local river. When I tweeted about my confusion, people responded saying that they thought I was probably combining a couple different old memes together. Did I mean smile.jpg? No, I was pretty sure I did not. I know the guy who created that, I was a fan of his podcasts, and it didn't make sense that I'd be misremembering it so completely. It was the closest thing I could find to what I could recall, but it wasn't the same thing, of that I was sure. The picture is so clear in my mind's eye. So much of my childhood is a blur, but not this. 
Somebody else did say that they thought they remembered it too, but when I messaged them, they said they weren't actually so sure. I think they just wanted to impress the cool author that they liked. It was frustrating, honestly, but it was the closest I'd come to finding even some vague acknowledgement that this thing existed, that I wasn't in a Mandela effect situation experiencing a false memory. My first laptop was this ancient Dell. Thinking back now, I'm surprised how much it does come back to me. It used to wheeze when I started it up, and the hot air that it spat out from its vent smelled like old burning dust. Previously, my only access to the internet outside of school hours was using the family desktop, which was located in the office room next to my sister's bedroom. The office room was also where our family dog, Marshall, slept. He had a big bed next to the computer that he used to curl up in. We'd had him ever since I was small, but around this time he went missing. My parents told me that sometimes old dogs go away somewhere to die peacefully. It's an instinct inherited from when they were still wolves, dying near the other members of the pack might draw carrion and disease. I'm glad they didn't lie to me and try to tell me he ran away to a butterfly farm or something along those lines. I wish I'd returned the favour and been honest back to them, but... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, one thing at a time. Technically, I was only allowed to use the computer for homework. This didn't stop me from typing things like page free models into the search bar, of course. I was late to develop sexually, but I knew what I should be thinking and doing thanks to the boys at school. James told me that he'd gotten into the habit of having something that he termed a danger wank. He got himself hard, caught his mother, and then tried to finish before she walked into the room. One time, he brought his sister's used panties into school, and we sat together in a bush behind the tennis courts, taking turns to huff them. Boys, boys are disgusting. I'm glad I stopped being one. I never felt comfortable doing stuff like that, of course. It was all James's idea. Whilst I hadn't even properly hit puberty, he seemed to be going through two at once. His sexuality was so strong, I used to think I could feel it fizzing in the air around him. He showed me some really screwed up porn, absolutely vile, weirdo stuff. Stuff with amputees, stuff involving real torture. Not all of it was gross, even if he thought it was. I think the first time I saw a trans woman was in some video he showed me. It would be funny to tell the young version of myself that when he grew up, he'd be like that. He'd probably freak out about it, but it might have saved him from a lot of painful introspection that he was about to start experiencing. It occurs to me now that James probably didn't really like watching that stuff. Maybe he wasn't even pubescent and was overcompensating, showing off to me. Trying to shock me. Of course, that doesn't excuse it. If you could hear the way he talked about the girls at school, salivating over them like they were meat, talking in detail about what he'd like to do to each of them, even if they didn't want it, which hole he'd do what to and how, which girls he thought were ugly so he'd just do her from behind with a plastic bag tied over her face, maybe a small slit in it for them to breathe through if she was lucky, if she was good enough, if she deserved it. You can see why I cut contact with him. I went to college, he went to a different one. His family moved away. It wouldn't have surprised me if a kid like that didn't get anywhere, or ended up in jail for statutory rape, or killed himself. He didn't, though. I found him easily when I looked. 
I thought immediately about messaging him to ask if he remembered, but... Something stopped me. He didn't know I'd transitioned and his potential reaction to that scared me a little bit. I scrolled through his Facebook, but there wasn't much information from the last few years apart from the fact that he'd gotten married to a woman named Rosie. I clicked on her profile, which was a little more up to date. She was pregnant, four months. He worked as a mechanic. She'd posted a picture of him in his overalls, oil staining his hands. His face was acne scarred. He had a moustache now, which really didn't suit him. It was him who told me about Leech Dog first. Hey, check this out, something like that. MSN Messenger, the picture, darkened corridors, some light coming in through a half-open doorway. At the end of the corridor, a large dog. Maybe a Rottweiler. Stocky. Whoever had made the image manipulated the perspective. The dog appeared bigger than a real dog could be. It wasn't a real dog after all, it was Leech Dog. But the Photoshop job was sloppy. The light from the door didn't interact with the dog properly. Its textures were blurred. Damn if it didn't freak me out anyway. Those teeth, endlessly curving in a circle. Rows and rows disappearing into nothing. It didn't appear to have eyes. James was the one who sent the image, accompanied by the warning. What happened if you didn't cut? What happened if Leech Dog got to you? Accounts varied. Some said it would stand at the end of your bed, or you'd begin to see it around in the background of everyday life. You'd be haunted by it. And it would keep getting closer every time. And you didn't want those teeth to get you, did you? So, I cut. My scars have faded now. Only someone who was really looking for them would notice anything at all. And even then, only the faintest impression. I know they are there. I could get them tattooed over, but it's important to me that I remember my past. Even the bits that hurt. I guess that's an ironic thing to say, given what I found out. Eventually, I did send him a message. Of course I did. I couldn't focus on this book that I was supposed to be writing, because I kept trying and failing to find any trace of this stupid old creepypasta that nobody could remember. It was a tough message to write. Hi James, I said. You might not remember me. This is Arthur from school. I changed my name, I go by Alison now. This is really random, but do you remember something called Leech Dog? I have a really vivid memory of the original image that we sent to each other, but I can't find any evidence of it. I'm worried I've gone nuts and I'm just having a false memory or something. I hope you're well. Congrats on the baby. The James I knew really shouldn't have been a parent, but people can mature in surprising ways. He didn't respond for a few days. When he did, his response struck me as very odd. Please don't contact me, it went. You were a very bad influence on me, and I don't want to think about stuff from back then. But yes, just to get it over with, Leech Dog was a real thing. There's a reason people don't talk about it now. I'm surprised you don't remember that part. Then, under that, a message saying that I could no longer contact this user. He'd blocked me. That was that. At least I knew that it had, in fact, been something. I wasn't making it up. 
What he meant about me being a bad influence, I had no clue. If either of us was a bad influence, it would surely be James bringing his sister's underwear to school, showing me bestiality videos. He was a weird kid. We both were, but he was weirder. I still wanted to see the image, though. He'd confirmed that it had been real, but I wanted to actually see it. This... this wasn't good enough. My laptop from when I was a kid was long dead, but the MSN account I used might still survive, I thought. If I could just work out how to get into it. I still had a laptop that used Microsoft, so by that logic, it was probably linked to the same email address as I used back then. Anyway, I did get into it. MSN actually does still exist, even if nobody uses it. All of your childhood chats have been preserved for the most part. I didn't really want to read a lot of it, but I had to scroll through the chat between James and I and hunt for it. There were a lot of... What I expected. James talking about girls from school, talking about new, ingenious ways to masturbate the hid invented. There were some messages from me, some odd ones, crueler than I expected. I didn't remember them, and I don't want to get into them, really. It's not that important. I was working from the top down, chronologically, scanning, and that was when I saw it. I was wrong, though. The original message was from me. Sure enough, the picture was there. Leech dog. It was exactly how I remembered it. The message that I sent along with it warned James that if he didn't cut his leg open, Leech dog would appear at the foot of his bed that night. A week later, he sent it back to me. The message was the same. I sent it in return. He sent it back. How much blood did we lose? And then I saw something. I don't know what to think. If this was a horror story I was writing, then I'd give it a really good, creepy ending. Leech Dog would start to haunt me. It would be subtle at first. My sightings would be from a great distance, and it would be easy to tell myself that no, everything was fine. I was just seeing things. But then there would be sounds late at night. A scraping on my door. In the morning, I would find scratch marks dug deep into the wood. My neighbour would leave a note for me, saying, You have to keep that dog under control or I'll call the council. I'd get word from James's wife that he died suddenly in his sleep, covered in thousands and thousands of strange tiny cuts all over his body. Like teeth marks. Finally, in the very end, I would see it at the foot of my bed, standing still, almost like a photograph. And in turn, I would stay still too, hoping against hope that if I made no noise, it wouldn't find me, because it didn't have eyes. I could see that it didn't have any eyes. This isn't a horror story, though. At least it isn't fictional. I wish it was. James gets to go around working his normal job, loving his wife and his child, and... I'm sure if he ever thinks of me, it is with the self-assurance that at least he didn't turn out like that, writing down personal traumas for all the world to see. After my first book was published, an older author warned me against putting so much of my life into my work. Eventually, you run out of material. People 
start to project things onto you, they feel like they know you on a personal level. They think things that are completely fictional must be true as well. This is the last personal story I'll ever tell, I think. It's not a ghost story, but what I saw after dredging through those messages scared me, and that must count for something. It was a link. I was the one who sent it. No caption. The link was to a website called leechdog.real.com. I clicked on it, thinking that it might have been some expanded lore about Leechdog, maybe a spooky browser game. Either that, or the link would be broken like so many links are now. But it wasn't. It worked. It was a blank, black website with only one feature. An embedded video right in the middle of the only page. I watched the video. Afterwards... I shut my browser and closed my laptop. I stumbled to my bathroom and stared at the sink for a while, wondering very seriously if I was going to throw up. My razor was on the shelf next to the sink. Maybe I should cut my leg open. That was what Leechtok had always wanted me to do. The video was of me when I was younger. Hello, James, I said in my whiny teenage boy voice. We've been talking for a while about Leech Dog, but uh, it's not real, obviously. Well, it wasn't real until today. Young me chuckled. Warning for uh, the faint of heart, you motherfuckers. Leech Dog wasn't real, but it's gonna be. The video turned and showed Marshall, my parents' venerable old Labrador. Good boy, said my voice from off the camera. Good boy, Marshall. I don't remember any of this. I promise I don't. I probably shouldn't be telling you this. I guess I feel guilt. Maybe this is my way of self-harming again. Instead of cutting myself, I'm telling you about this. Tanking my reputation. You can judge me. I deserve it. The video changed. A field, late in the evening. There was a field near my parents' house, ringed by woods. Nobody went there at night, apart from teenagers looking to score. Marshall ran across the frame, chasing a ball. My hand held up something in front of the camera. A kitchen knife. The camera angled downwards. On the grass at my feet there was a bottle of superglue, a hammer and my father's staple gun. Gonna give him his treat now and he's gonna have a big sleep and then when he wakes up... I said something else but it was completely unintelligible. Then another cut. It was darker now. Marshall's silhouette pulled itself up from the ground. The lighting was bad, but he looked unsteady on his feet. The torchlight turned on from behind the camera, and my shitty little teenage laughter rang out, echoing unnaturally across the empty field. The torch's beam fell on poor old Marshall. 
his his jaw was split open, pulled out and stapled into place. A leech's mouth. It dripped bright, fresh blood onto the grass. Even on whatever shitty phone I used to film this, his pathetic panting and whining could be heard, spluttering from deep in his now-exposed throat. His tongue lolled out loosely. His eyes... He was looking up at the person behind the camera with confusion. He had trusted me. He'd known me since I was little. He'd loved me. There was so much pain in those eyes. Then he keeled over and the camera fell to the ground. I promise I don't remember it. I'm not that person anymore. But I can't just keep it to myself. If I did, then that would be even worse. My parents surely didn't know I was the reason Marshall had vanished, that he hadn't wandered off to die in dignity. I guess I should tell them. Maybe they'll just listen to this recording on their own, and I won't need to. My therapist will say the things we did as traumatised kids are not our fault. Perhaps he's right. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Thank you for listening to Leech Dog, written and performed by Alison Rumford. You can find more of Alison's work online at Hangs a Woman. Eerie is produced and hosted by Anna Bogutskaya, edited by Mike Munzer, with original music by Mitch Bain, and her artwork was designed by Mike Lee Graham. Eerie was co-produced by Regina Cameron Pereira for Brock Media, and her executive producers were Sarah Brocklehurst and Nicole Davis. Follow us at We Are Brock Media on Twitter and Instagram for updates on Eerie, Never Told, and other Brock Media podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode of Eerie, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your scary stories.